Not loading up. Here we go. Now we're back on this. What'd you do? This isn't BDA. This is an AI. What's happening? We recording? Yes. There it comes. We're working. What's happening? It'll be time for a new laptop, buddy. Oh, uh, Nelly. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. And now, giving you access to the locker rooms and the minds of the independent scene, here are the curtain jerkers of pro wrestling podcasting, Mike Crockett. Actually, I prefer to be called Maestro. And the kingpin, Brian Malonis. He's the wind, and nobody beats him. This is the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Welcome to the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, episode 69, presented by BDARadio.com. 69. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think it may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Mat Wars, the Irresistible Force, the Immovable Object. He is one half of the Pioneer Valley Pro Tag Team Champions, right? The Kingpin, Brian Malonis. Sorry, Mike. My uh, my 13-year-old self took over there for a second. Yes. <laughs> but you are one half of the champions, right? You talked uh, about it for weeks. We had the closures on. You got in their face and told them that you will be the new tag team champions. You know, some things uh, don't always work out, buddy. What'd you do? What happened? Well, you blew it. I didn't blow it. Breaking Ball blew it. Oh, oh it was his fault. Yeah, it was so, all his fault. So I kicked him square in the nuts. In the ball bag? <laughs> yes. Or in the bean bag? Right. Yeah, exactly. And the uh, the locker room cleared to keep us apart. So it's over. <laughs> it's over before it began, really. <laughs> it's over. So so this uh, loose association was uh, as loose as it could possibly be. There was no reconciliation between the two of you. Just back to uh, being a couple of big guys who hate each other. Yes. Just like your preference of woman back in the day, Michael, our affiliation was very loose. <laughs> I thought you were gonna go go into a fat joke, fatty no, batty. No. All right, <laughs> we talked about that last week on the podcast. But today on the wrestling podcast about nothing on the NAI Wrestling Network, he's back as we head into SummerSlam. Matt Tarzan Taylor Spectro joins us to review slash condemn a SummerSlam from the past, namely SummerSlam 2003. And we're officially changing the name of the segment, right, Michael, to Tarzan Hate Wrestling, but not as much as Mike Crockett. Uh. <laughs> also this week your promo about nothing and a whole lot more but first brian have you ruffled any more feathers this past week yeah wrecking ball yes. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even think i didn't even think you yeah we ran down your top five current wrestling and podcasting feuds last hey, thursday hey, that's what i get for for not choosing the the one person who always has my back davian so that's what i get i should have chosen her as my partner God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we're adding to the list. The list uh, continues to grow. There's going to be a top 10 by the time we get to next Thursday on BDA Radio. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, so you can find our BDA Radio exclusive podcast. Just search WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. Make sure you subscribe. Figured I'd put that over while I have a second. And speaking of putting over, 
Kingpin. I want to invite all podcast fans to join the community we've started on Facebook, Putting Over Podcasts, the Facebook group. It's not just about us. It's about all podcasters and podcast fans coming together, exchanging ideas, tips, sharing their favorites, and so much more. Just search on Facebook, Putting Over Podcasts. Join. I will add you, and we can all have fun. But uh, speaking of having fun, Kingpin, it's about that time once again. One of your favorite segments that we do on the show from time to time. I think a lot of people's favorite segment. I think so as well. It is time for Tarzan Hates Wrestling. (laughs) And of course, the namesake on Tarzan Hates Wrestling, he is Matt, don't call me Tarzan, Spectro. Hello, Tarzan. Hello. (laughs) How are you? How are you? Look at that long microphone Michael has. Very like Bob Barker-esque right now. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) You guys changed the format don't you usually do the whole you know intro of your podcast yeah he threw me off a little bit with that yeah, i thought like, you know <laughs> we did no we did that <laughs> oh we did do that okay all right sorry i wasn't paying we attention did. i apologize <laughs> this is definitely getting edited out you, you nodded out for a second <laughs> I just to, I much like i did during, <laughs> during the paper yes. <laughs> oh my goodness you went from uh almost completely uh, out of it to completely enraged a few minutes ago when your internet wasn't doing what you wanted it to do. Well, no. The, somebody changed the... Unnamed person changed the fucking password on the internet and... Oh, the Comcast guy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right, gentlemen. We're all here. We're all accounted for. SummerSlam 2003. That is what we're dealing with today on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. We're going to go back. We're getting the way back machine. We're looking at one of the, uh, I was going to say one of the, I don't know what, what, what are you pay- trying to say? I don't know what kind of pay-per-view this is. <laughs> I don't know. It's not one of the best. It's not one of the worst. It's in the middle there somewhere, I guess. Right? What, do you, what would you say, Kingpin? Yeah, somewhere. It's funny. I, I think this one came to mind when uh, I was looking at a Bleacher Reports list of uh, like the worst Summer Slams of all time. This was pretty low, and I was looking at the card, and I was like, oh, this could have some good potential. Or a bad potential. Well, to make good potential to make Tarzan angry. (laughs) Yes, I will say this was the uh, first ever uh, one of these I did was a SummerSlam, so it's kind of an anniversary of sorts. It is, yeah. One year ago, you did your first. We will not be talking about Bertha Faye this year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's it's getting close to a to a certain uh, date in your calendar, Tarzan. We really can't have that happening. We really can't have that happening. We don't want to put you in hot water again over this whole deal. It was August twenty fourth, two. 2003, the America West Arena, Phoenix, Arizona, SummerSlam 2003. We had JR and Jerry Lawler for Raw and Michael Cole and Taz for SmackDown all calling the action. They each, you know, called their own shows matches. What about about the Spanish language commentators? They were there as well, and they got involved a little later on. (laughs) No bumps were taken. No one was injured, thankfully. What are their names? Carlos uh, Cabrera and uh, Hugo Savinovich. Good. Look at this guy. <laughs> yeah, you know. And uh, let's just... They told me you didn't know anything about the product. <laughs> who, who did? Well, he does in 2003. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know in 2003. It's the, la- it's the last SummerSlam he watched. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember watching this one live. But uh, anyway, this show started up very patriotically with Lillian Garcia singing the national anthem. What they called America the Beautiful. They, did they call it American yeah. Beautiful? Yeah. yeah and then she's saying the Star, Sp- Star Spangled Banner. <laughs> yep. Um, Marines out there, right? Or something. Yes. Like they were the uh, you know the color guard was out there showing the red, white, and blue. And then 
We started with the pay-per-view, and the Dudley boys came on first with the American flag. I'm like, what's going on here? I know, I mean, it's maybe a little close to the two-year anniversary of 9-11 at this point, but I wasn't really sure why it was, there was such a patriotic theme. But then I realized, once the Dudley boys' opponents came out for the first match, La Resistance. Of course, they are the foreign menace at this time period in <laughs> WWE. <laughs> so the World Tag Team Championships are on the line. La Resistance, Rene Dupree, and Sylvain Grandier are the champions. And, of course, Bubba Ray and Devon the Dudley's challenging for those titles. Bubba Ray wearing some sweet sweatpants. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. And to paint a little background for the young viewers of your yes. show, at that time period, America was not very happy with France because uh-huh. they were very passive... Uh, in the whole uh, Middle East conflict. I so see. Vince McMahon being as tasteful as he always is, is like, ah, all right, we hate the French. <laughs> They're going to be heels. Freedom fries served at that arena. Freedom fries. <laughs> <laughs> so um, referee is Nick Patrick. Ugh. Stinks. <laughs> so bad. Milonis. You commented on La Resistance boots right away. So yeah, they were was great. A, like, they were great boots. They're hard to see because they were moving so fast with those boots. <laughs> no, what's, this, what's the story with the uh, white boots? <laughs> Come on. You, you never heard that? Well, I, 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 don't, I, I think I have, but I don't know if the people listening. We have other people that are listening to this. Tarzan. Back when I uh, started uh, The Lobster Man, as we mentioned on the show, he was very big on white boots, especially on baby faces, because he said it made you look faster. I'd heard that as well. And I believe... <laughs> really? Outside of Lobster Man? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think... Because yeah. I believe Kevin Kelly, I don't know what he is to ROH, a commentator... Nothing uh, these days. Uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> I believe he... Someone told me at a camp, he said the same thing about the white boots, which is the most bizarre. I hate white boots for the most part, but these look good. These are good looking boots. <laughs> I've just never heard of a color making you look faster. <laughs> I just figured white, you know, white boots... Baby face. That know. was what Lobster Man's other thing was people associated. I mean, <laughs> Black. white with good. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> Let's go to the other version of good versus evil. The U.S. Uh, Patriots versus the Frenchmen. That was a terrible transition. <laughs> yes, thank <Patriots>. you. <laughs> the the Dummy Boys, they came up with the flag. They're flying the colors. <laughs> They're uh, fighting for the red, white, and blue. And uh, the Dudley boys attacked them before the bell because that's what, uh, you know, that's what good Americans do. Attack 2003. Them the bell. Yes. The tree of woe in the corner, and um, Bubba Ray stood on the member of La Resistance balls because <laughs> that's what you do in the corner. And the referee, of course, just admonishes them completely. Speaking of, you know, balls, he had no balls. The referee, <laughs> no referee had balls back in this time period. Uh, Maybe he so, wasn't standing on his balls, Mike. Maybe it was just his pecker. Okay, I guess that's okay. <laughs> right? Balls are illegal. Pecker, totally, totally in play. I think any kind of blow in that area is In illegal. that region? Is it, Mike? Yeah. What if I just hit the pecker, though? Uh, I guess I'd have to check. <laughs> I had to be a pecker checker. <laughs> just to make sure. All right. Uh, this was the uh, most standard cutoff of all time, which was... You know, Bubby hits the ropes. This is the indie wrestling cutoff from yes. 1996 to 2017. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Sylvain Grandier kneed him in the back as he hit the ropes. And then Rene Dupree hit a belly-to-back suplex. So that was the uh, the cutoff for this match. And they're working the back of Bubba Ray Dudley. And Rene Dupree used a bear hug <laughs> in 2003, I guess, 
bear hugs are big or no? Talk about the shape that Rene Dupree's in, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Holy good Lord. Very young tag team, right? Rene Dupree, you said, was probably around. Yeah, he's like 19, 20 years old, something like that here. I don't think anyone used the bear hug in 2003. No, 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 no. Uh, I missed the hot tag on this. And then you guys told me, no, you didn't. Because it was not a hot tag, if you will. And, of course, uh, there was the Wazag. Hey, Tarzan, Wazag. And they're still doing that today in ROH. Brian mentioned there's uh, Bubba Ray Dudley is still doing the Wazag. And you really enjoy it, don't you, Brian? I love it. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> so the 3D is uh, applied on Rene Dupree. There was a cover, and Sivan Grenier kind of runs in, then runs back out and pulls the referee with him. So the referee is pulled, so there was no three count there after the 3D. And then a cameraman runs in and also hits Devon. fast. <laughs> he hits Devon with the camera, then puts uh, the member of La Resistance on top. There is a three count, and the cameraman turns out to be Rob Conway, who was just recently revealed to be a sympathizer of the French people. Definitely a sympathizer. Yes. <laughs> and he is aligned with La Resistance. So the con man. The, he is the con man. <laughs> that is uh, how that match goes down. Of course, La Resistance remain the world tag team champions. Coach, who we'll see a little later on in various roles, went to Bubba Ray Dudley for an interview, and Bubba accused him of being an anti-American sympathizer. <laughs> Anything? You know what he thinks about people who are anti-American sympathizers? Why? They suck. <laughs> they sure do. I thought that it was a fantastic <laughs> promo, personally. But. The, those other words of Bubba Ray Dudley. Yeah, you did like I that, I did, yeah. You? I really enjoyed that promo. That's good. And that match. That was a great match. You, what the hell are you talking about? That match was terrible. <laughs> terrible. So bad. I, sloppy. Bad. Bad, bad. If those guys weren't as jacked as they were, I couldn't imagine they ever had a job in the WAF because blob resistance are so beyond belief terrible. And that was the first time of the night that you guys remarked, wow, these guys are in good shape. <laughs> these guys are in good shape, huh? These guys look good. Pre-wellness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the old, uh, how'd your match go? Well, he's a really nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just bad. And then Spike Dudley comes out to save the day from the evil cameraman. And Jim Ross says, it's little Spike Dudley. Is there a big Spike Dudley? <laughs> well, no. Is they, that adjective necessary? It's the initials. <laughs> they called him Little Spike Dudley in ECW, yes. Because they, yeah, be, even... to, to reference yeah. the initials. Oh. Uh, get it now? L-S-D. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Tarzan's mind. 20 years wow. later. Whoa. Legit. Never caught on to that until. <laughs> his, his entire world, everything he thought he knew. Just I, shattered. It was a big ECW mark, and <laughs> I honestly really just realized that. He did the acid drop. <laughs> oh, it finished. It's all the tie dot. It's all. <laughs> it's all coming together for Tarzan Taylor. It's good that we can finally, years and years later, really bring it all together for our friend Matthew. What's old will be new again. <laughs> and yeah, an American French sympathizer. Isn't one of them from Canada too? Isn't are they? Yes, yeah, they're, yeah. they're all they're Canadian. They're both from, yeah. Yeah, they're both from Canada. <laughs> yeah, but but you know it's French. They're French Canadians, so they might as well be from France. I assume Pat Patterson's the reason those guys had jobs with uh, Sylvain Grenier at least. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. There's a shock to anybody who's ever seen what those two guys look like. <laughs> God. All right. Let's <laughs> move on. Gracious. Anyway, this is a dismal way to start the pay reviews. <laughs> <laughs> and we move on to the Biker Undertaker. The, the, the worst 
fucking entrance music of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Not Booger Red. Big evil, right? Yeah, big. he's the biggest dog in the yard. All, <laughs> all kinds of catchphrases. But the Undertaker theme song. Yeah, Brian, that was one of the ones that you brought up on our show. Oh, yeah, one of my BDA least Radio. favorites of all time. Wait, yes. What? I'm sorry, what? Well, we did an episode uh, where we talked about our least favorite entrance music, and the, that, that version of the Undertaker's music made my list of the worst. <laughs> Terrible. It is awful. And we did determine that the, we think that was the actual music that was playing at the time that wasn't just dubbed over like Kid yeah. Rock or... Or um, yeah, because usually the, the intro is actually terrible when they do the dubbing. It it just like the the crowd noise disappears, and it's just you, it, you can tell it's a very the the dubbing over is usually very poorly done. In this case, it sounded like it was the actual audio in the arena, which which makes sense because I think it came out about the same time as the if, I, if I remember correctly, it was on the same album as the Eric Bischoff. It theme wasn't song. that Eric, I do remember because they did the Royal Rumble. In Boston that year, and Brian Fury was there, and he sang along with the uh, "You've Done It Now" music the whole time. So, <laughs> of course, of course, he did. So I, <laughs> that was that era, yeah. So it stands to reason he had that music. Just I thought I couldn't lose any more respect for Brian Fury. <laughs> <laughs> well, his opponent this evening, the Undertaker's opponent, JBL, right? <laughs> well, it started out with the the ding ding ding. <laughs> Like JBL, but it was A Train. In fact, it was what, what a fucking push A Train was getting at this point. <laughs> yeah, and was he? Al, it wasn't Prince Albert, right? It was no, he was A Train. Okay, that's that's why the ding 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 because it was like oh, the, yeah. uh, the, you know, the 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 like the ding ding ding. I'm like <laughs> I love the ding ding. Uh, Sable actually followed him down to the ring, and she was. Uh, oh, I, I don't go to you, Tarzan, asking how, about how she looks. But uh, I was sweating King bullets Ken? while she was coming out. Goodness gracious. <laughs> There was a little backstory, some Stephanie McMahon, Sable angle they showed us before. Yes, and uh, yeah, A-Train kind of like... I believe Sable was like Stephanie's assistant or something. And then, yeah, then A-Train ran over Stephanie, and there was a match between Stephanie and Sable, and yeah, that gave Sable the win in that match. So Stephanie was knocked loopy by A-Train at one point. So yeah, that was kind of lead into this match was basically Stephanie versus Sable, and we'll get back into that by the end of this whole deal. The Undertaker was battling from underneath most of the time in this match. Uh, he goes for the last ride, though, once he uh, gets his wits about him, and A-Train pushes him off into the ref. And then there's a power bomb by A-Train, and the ref crawls to count, kick out. Then the ref takes a second bump off a clothesline. A-Train grabs a chair but he gets booted in the face by Undertaker. Then there is a slow count by the referee and kick out. And then, rather unceremoniously, a choke slam by the Undertaker and a three count. So Taker goes over on eight train here at SummerSlam 2003. And after the match, he tries to go for the last ride again, and Sable comes in and stops the Undertaker. Undertaker grabs him by the throat! And you love that, Tarzan, for some reason. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what uh, that says about your proclivities in your private time. But uh, Stephanie's music hits, and the crowd goes bananas because Stephanie's out here to save the day. Michael Cole sells it big. There she is, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> Steph comes into the ring, mounts Sable, oh. and A-Train pulls 
her out of the ring. So Sable doesn't get the uh, the full beating she Sable's deserves. Sable's face dragged from boobs right through the crotch of Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. There's two themes of this night. A lot of faces in crotches and a lot of McMahons. <laughs> yes, indeed. And how did you guys feel about this big bout? Undertaker versus Albert A. Train. Solid. I don't think it was very match. memorable. What stuck out of my head was that weird comment Michael Cole made that uh, Sable put her hands through Albert's chest hair and then <laughs> grabbed his nipples. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. She likes pierced nipples. <laughs> it's a good night. It's just, I didn't see how it related to anything going on in the match. How about the shaving of Albert's like sides <laughs> like to make the hair on his chest and back like be more prominent. That's Very that's, bizarre. that's nice. Very bizarre. Streamlined. Like, stand out more, I assume. Yeah. Is that what you do, Mike? <laughs> yeah. Basically. <laughs> have to at this point. Well, speaking of great matches, our next match, Eric Bischoff versus Shane McMahon. Wasn't wait, we met, there was some early segment with Christian and Eric yeah, Bischoff. Yes. I yeah, I skipped that because it really didn't end up Meaning a whole lot. That's my point. Why we got to bring it up? It illustrates <laughs> this terrible pay per view was full of things that meant nothing. That we just—I don't know if they were there to take up time or what. But I'm yeah, sure it was to get Christian a payday. <laughs> yeah, Christian was upset because he's the Intercontinental Champion and he wasn't on the show. So he was asking Bischoff, "Hey, what about you? Need my help tonight?" And Bischoff says, "No, I already got a backup plan." And then he uh, uh, then he had to ask about how uh, Eric's night went with Linda McMahon, and he was going to explain. Eric Bischoff said he's going to tell the world. The yes. In the ring, and he did. He did. Did he ever? He said. He said in the ring, Vince, why are you running around the country eating hamburger when you've got a hot, juicy, delicious filet mignon at home? <laughs> because Eric did lock lips with Linda McMahon in the lead up to this match. He insinuated he locked something else. <laughs> yes. It basically, yeah. Well, I don't know if he insinuated. He insinuated. Basically he said. said that we did it like five times. There's no insinuation. She's, yeah. I know, I know where you get your stamina from or something like that is what he said. So, yeah. So they had a no holds barred. Listen this. You're jumping the gun. Yeah. yeah. They had a no holds barred match on free TV leading to this match. Which started with rules. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. But well, the, the setup for the, the <laughs> fuck. <God. laughs> We're gonna talk about Shane McMahon calmly walking down the aisle <laughs> after Eric Bischoff just just told the world he fucked his mom. <laughs> Think about Vince McMahon is a heel, but his son is not. So why is he talking? You talking to Vince about banging his wife? But doesn't bring up in the same promo to the guy who's going to wrestle. I just fucked your mother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying Eric Bischoff is a literal motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, this, the whole fucking problem with this fucking pay per view. Not as much the wrestling as these convoluted, stupid angles and storylines. This one had this ridiculous bit where I don't know who the goddamn president of the company is because like Bischoff has his promo with Shane McMahon where. Stone Cold comes out and says they're going to have a match, and then I think there's a deal with where Shane's like no sort of authority figure here. I don't, I don't no. think, I don't think so. Like Bischoff is like the general manager, and at one point I don't know if this is the case at this point, but Austin was the sheriff. <laughs> the the, the co-general managers. The graphic said co-general manager. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And like he signs the No Holds Barred match. Well, first it's 
he signs it. I don't even fucking. You're the one with the laptop. Don't you remember the ridiculous? There was, yeah, there was the contract with the with the with the fine print. Yeah, Stone Skull's like, you got to compete tonight for some reason. So I gave him a cane. No, yeah. he just said uh, you're gonna compete tonight. Yeah, so I signed right. the contract. He signed the contract. Oh, like, you didn't read the fine, fine print. print. It's against Kane. <laughs> so then they have a match that they where Kane just gets himself counted out, and Big, Big Bischoff's all proud of himself. But then Austin comes out with more fine print that. The winner of the Kane Eric Bischoff match would face Shane McMahon at SummerSlam. <laughs> so he somehow tricked them into doing that. What if Kane had beat him? What if they actually had a match? Now it's <laughs> Kane versus Shane McMahon. I just want to see this contract. It's like 12 pages, <laughs> all like six point fonts. <laughs> it's all fine print. And was it like an open contract or was it specifically Bischoff versus Kane or whoever signs it versus Kane? I don't know. At one point, Tarzan, you went to me and said, who was the booker at this time in WWE? I I spent 15 minutes, I think, of the next match <laughs> looking up who was. And I couldn't find it. It's really not easy to find. <laughs> who don't listen to like the Bruce Pritchard podcast around for things of this era. It's got to be like Stephanie McMahon heading it up. I think Heyman was yeah. out at this time. Heyman was out, but still like Brian Gewirtz, Dave Lagana. Uh, uh, Michael Hayes came Michael, in around Michael, Michael Hayes is going to be, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to criticize because I'm sure they have to deal with like contracts and this and that. And, and the fine print. And the fine print. Yes. <laughs> but goddamn, booking is some of the worst shit I've ever seen. Like, so beyond belief terrible. It wasn't that much bad. It's just so unnecessary stuff that was happening. And that was just nonsense. Well, let's get back to the unnecessary stuff in this match. <laughs> Shane comes out, as you said. Malone is very calm, but then attacks Eric before the bell. They go right out to the floor. Shane does a clap before a clothesline because you have to <laughs> clap before you throw a clothesline, especially back in these days. And then at one point, they're out in front of the announce tables, and a chair just comes into the picture and nails Shane across the back. And it turns out it's Coach. Jonathan Coach. The backup plan Eric Bischoff alluded to earlier. Yes, he he doesn't want the Intercontinental (laughs) Champion to help him. (laughs) He wants an announcer. (laughs) Oh, they never saw it coming. No, they didn't. So the ref goes to call for the bell at this point, but Coach snags the bell before the bell ringer can uh, ring it, and Bischoff on the fly changes the match to be no DQ and falls count anywhere. Just made a stipulation like Shane McMahon cannot win this match. Should have been the stipulation of the match. I don't understand if he, if he is, can do that. Why even have the goddamn match? Like, why not just say, "All right, well, I declare if you're wearing a red shirt, you lose. I'm the winner. End of story. Match doesn't need to happen." <laughs> well, it's to humiliate him, Terrence. Uh, ah. Huh? <laughs> so uh, Bischoff says all this stuff, and then he finishes by saying, "Now, coach." Introduce this piece of shit to the stairs. <laughs> and he did say piece of shit. Yes. It was beeped on the network. But yes. Uh, so Eric then calls Coach the best commentator in sports entertainment history, and he shuts off Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler's microphones. So then Coach is on the microphone and does his best JR impression, which is pretty bad. And he holds Shane for Eric to give all of these wacky kicks, too, to show off his martial arts prowess. Then at one point, Austin's music hits, and the crowd goes bananas because, you know, it's you hear the glass Austin's music. Huh? That means your ass. <laughs> so Coach gets in Austin's face and starts yelling at him, telling him he can't touch him unless he's provoked physically. Which I have no idea. 
That's uh, that's something I guess that was with all the bullshit we had to sit through. You think so- that would have been covered? <laughs> <Dead>. <laughs> well, they made sure to cover it here. Yeah, in we, this need promo. Those, we needed those three evolution uh, vignettes that pay didn't pay off at all. At all, <laughs> like every vignette. Then Shane from behind pushes Coach into Austin. So, oh, he touched him. Then Austin. Stomps a literal, <laughs> not a literal mud hole, but just he just stomps they mercilessly. They the shit out of Coach. Coach. Sh- Shane McMahon, too. Like, they kicked the shit out of him. So, yeah, it, it, was, uh, it was not pretty. There, there was a kick, like, was Shane McMahon to, like, Coach's back. <laughs> like, that was like, holy shit. So, Austin then turns the announcer's mics back on. So, JR and Lawler are back. Then Shane picks up Bischoff. And then uses his arm to slap Austin. So that's the other uh, physical provocation needed for Austin to return fire. Apparently so. Everybody are just those two guys he can't touch unless they attack. It's sure looking that way. (laughs) It's sure looking that way. Who knows? (laughs) But Austin, of course, gives Bischoff a stunner. Shane covers him. One, two. Shane pulls him up. Fuck. the hell he's trying to win i really want this thing to be over but it's not (laughs) everybody did (laughs) this this is what we came for folks by the way this match (laughs) shane then pulls eric to the outside and puts him on the spanish announce table with our close friends carlos and hugo and then the shane mcmahon patented spaghetti arm elbow from the top rope to the table cover on the floor because it is a false count anywhere match and charles robinson who's your referee for this bout i failed to mention Counts the one, two, three on the outside. Shane McMahon wins this match, and mercifully, five minutes too long, this thing is over. <laughs> and Tarzan, are you okay? You also forgot Austin when he said, turn those mics back on. Then he's like, all right, Shane, see you later. <laughs> like, he had to actually do a, um, like a goodbye to him, and then he left. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking terrible. I mean, I, <laughs> At this point, with the roster they have, why are they giving Eric Bischoff and Shane McMahon a match? And then sprinkling in coach. three. At one point, it was there was three guys in a match, and none of them were wrestling. And Austin, who was retired at that point. So literally nobody involved was a goddamn wrestler. But it was entertaining. No, it wasn't. It was terrible. Rump. It was bad on all levels. <laughs> and again, it's just garbage after garbage with the McMahons. I hate the goddamn McMahons having to be all over every pay-per-view. All you smart marks who's just there and defend Shane McMahon, fuck you. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he did have bitch off on the back of his jersey. Did <laughs> I didn't see even that? notice that. I did, that. I did huh? see that. That was, that was very clever. <laughs> 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 Fucking terrible. Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we'll move on to the United States Championship four-way match with the man who shall not be named Chris Benoit versus Tajiri versus Rhino versus the champion, Latino Heat, Eddie Guerrero. You going to be able to get through this one, Mike? I'm going to try. The referee for this one was Mike Sparks. Just let you know that. Well, thank you. So uh, once again, Malonis is like, wow, Eddie Guerrero, he's in good shape too. <laughs> yeah, they're all juiced up. <laughs> yeah, come on. Will you stop? <laughs> Will you stop? Uh, Taz at one point uh, calls a full body slam. Because <laughs> I want to see what a half body slam looks like. What is that? You just drop the guy on his head? What happens with a half body slam? I'm not even sure. And uh, of course, there was a vintage snap suplex also as well by uh, someone that was called by Taz, actually, and not Michael Cole. So maybe he was the originator of the vintage catchphrase. But anyway, at one point, Eddie and Chris Benoit both had submissions on uh, Tajiri and Rhino. So, you know, as a matter of who's going to get the submission first, Tajiri ends up getting to the ropes 
and Eddie releases the hold. Then he drop kicks Chris Benoit to break up the other submission. Rhino, one point, hit that double A spine buster. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest spine buster in the business. As a, that that's not debatable. Okay, so there is a hat trick of Germans, or attempted anyway, by Chris Benoit and Tajiri. He hit the first one, hit the second one. Eddie Guerrero runs in to break it up and gets a back body drop by both of them. So uh, Benoit goes for the third one, but Tajiri reverses, hits a German of his own, and attempts to roll into a bridge, but it turns into something that uh, Brian Willis <laughs> was a little turned on by. <laughs> right? There's, uh, there's some... Uh, Bunghole nut- <laughs> and balls. Some, some balls and face. Some nut rubbing going on or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame because like, the bridge German was like beautiful. Like It was yes. so good. And then he tried to roll over and then... Well, the one thing I always hate about the, the, the fucking German suplex spot there is like... When they would do like the five, six, seven, eight of them, it's like if they didn't hit the last one, the damage of the previous six <laughs> were negated. Like, right? Yeah, they they hit reverse on number like, nine. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like it's like a video game. You're like you know, you, hit, you didn't hit, you didn't complete the move, so you don't get the the damage points. Exactly. Uh, so there, at one point, Tajiri was in the tree of woe, and Benoit hit a flying headbutt from that same corner onto Rhino. There's a cover, and Tajiri gets out of the tree of woe just in time to break it up. And then Tajiri, Hurricane Rana's Benoit out of the ring. They're both on the floor, so that leaves Eddie Guerrero and Rhino in the ring. Rhino is down on the mat. Eddie hits the frog splash for the victory, retaining the United States Championship. You, you missed that Rhino match. was down for because uh, for, he speared Eddie Guerrero while Eddie Guerrero had the belt in his uh, possession. I must have missed that. Wow. I'm busy. I'm busy note taking. He was tweeting. I'm busy note taking. T- well, you no, gave me was... shit because I looked down at my phone a couple times and you didn't even. Uh, the he key- he looked down at his phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was a couple times, but just <laughs> ten minute, two ten minute uh, breaks. <laughs> oh my god! So all right, we're mo- we're moving on. What do you well, think of that that four way match, Tarzan? I mean, the format is a bit of a clusterfuck because you have all four guys in the ring. I think they did the best they could with that kind of a. You know, of a four, all four guys in the ring at once. Really, four great guy, great workers. I shouldn't say great guys. You know, being that. Yes, you know, <laughs> I know they're great we guys. Great workers. I think. I mean, the best they could have done with those kinds of circumstances. All right, nothing That's really negative. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. Yeah, match. I thought it was a solid match. Benoit killed it. <laughs> God, this guy's so upset right here, Tarzan. <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> we went to a the hype video for the WWE Championship match. A video of Zach Gowen getting destroyed <laughs> by Brock Lesnar. Uncomfortable. Crimson Mask. With his mom watching. Yes. His <laughs> Crimson Mask getting F5'd into the post numerous occasions. And just, it was. Broken leg. Yeah, they, they said he broke his leg. I don't know if this was a swan song or not. It looked like it had to have been, but I'm not sure. But uh, Zach Gowen, yeah, did not have a good time in there with Brock Lesnar. No, <laughs> devastating. Like. And it begs the question, what's worse? Your mother watching you get the shit beat out of you or your opponent fucking your mother? I mean, which one <laughs> Which one is really worse? <laughs> That's a debate. Hey, weigh in on that. Tweet, tweet at the WPAN on Twitter. What's worse? What's worse? If you're in a wrestling match. <laughs> what would be worse? Your mom saying you get your ass kicked or if your opponent fucked your mother? <laughs> your thoughts wanted. Hashtag WPAN. But yeah, that's, I mean, that was a shit kicking. Like, he, like, destroyed that's that. That's like, one of the most famous, like, epic sort of scenes like that in WWE history. I think there's that one in Big Show uh throwing um Rey Mysterio on the backboard <laughs> yes. into the uh post. That was which again this led to another segment 
that added nothing to the show, led to nothing, that could have left off, that Zach Gowan apparently was supposed to wrestle, Matt Hardy. Yes, I guess. And then earlier on Heat, Matt Hardy just declared himself the victor. Yes, he's Led version one. To nothing, did nothing to do with anything <laughs> that happened the rest Where's of the Jeff night. Jeff Hardy at this point? I don't know. Jeff if was gone or suspended because when the whole version one thing, there was that time period where Jeff, I don't know if he wasn't on TV or if they let him go or... Was there a time where he was released? Conspicuous by their like Edge. What the hell was that? Edge hurt during this during this pay per view. Yes, well, Edge had his neck surgery. He hasn't. Oh, so he was. Batista was nowhere to be seen. Batista. But think about now. You got Matt Hardy, Christian, right off the bat, two guys not on the show, but you have fucking Eric Bischoff versus Shane McMahon. Like, (laughs) I mean, Rey Mysterio's there. He's not on the show. Was he hurt as well? Must have been. Uh, Chavo was in the company at that point. Yeah. There's a lot of pretty good names left off yeah, this pay-per-view. Yeah, they weren't on the show. Ric Flair doesn't wrestle on the show. Deep roster. Yeah. like, Well, let's get to two of the big names on this show. The WWE Championship match with Brock Lesnar challenging the champion, Kurt Angle. Referee is Mike Kyoto. And, of course, they went to the floor early, as is standard. What's, I mean, you've been giving me crap about talking about the shape guys are in. How about Brock Lesnar here? Fuck Holy monster. shit. <laughs> Holy shit. Got to be 300 plus pounds, lean as fuck. Like. It looks amazing, like a million bucks. It's like every time this happened, you were still surprised, Malonis, that these guys just, are in great shape. Because you don't, I haven't watched this in a long time, and guys don't look like this anymore. Yeah, it's commonplace now. <laughs> I mean, Brock Lesnar, you think of Brock Lesnar today, and he's still a monster and looks better than almost anybody on the roster. But then you look at him here, and it's like, yeah. Not even comparable. Like nowadays, you got Ginger Mahal, but I mean, who else looks? You at say that? Ginger? <laughs> <laughs> He's Irish. <laughs> the Irish Indian. Uh... <laughs> Might be onto something here, Ginger Mahal. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I mean, <laughs> he is like phenomenal now, but think of how many guys on TV now are like. But he's like lean too, though. He's like skinny, Ginger Mahal. Like Brock Lesnar is just thick. Lean and like I like I, I'm trying to think of guys that were in as a pre, as impressive shape as Brock Lesnar looked at this point in time, and like I'm I'm hard pressed to think of like anybody who like off the top of my head who I can think of. Yeah, no, and even Undertaker. I mean, this pair of yeah, was in great shape. But even like like Hogan in his heyday didn't look no. like. I mean, maybe the Warrior. I mean, but the Warrior wasn't as big as no, Brock yeah, Lesnar. I mean, Brock Lesnar is probably legitimately 300 pounds here. It's time Crazy. some stupid steroid joke. <laughs> Mike has no appreciation for, no, for this. I do not. Uh, so the F- first F5 attempt by Brock Lesnar was turned into a DDT by Kurt Angle. There was an angle slam and a kick out. There was an ankle lock, but Brock rolls out of the ankle lock and Brock knocks down the referee. So that's a second ref bump on this show. So well, far. actually, it's the third because Undertaker's match, they bumped the ref twice. Okay, well, I'll go. let's go with that then. <laughs> Then Kurt Angle does the oddest submission ever. <laughs> Lesnar is standing. Lesnar is standing on his feet, and Angle's upside down, hugging him around his back. And he had his legs around his head. It didn't look like it was doing it like anything. It was doing anything. Yeah, and then Le- and Lesnar started to lose consciousness. Right, and then he dropped to his knee, and then... Thankfully, Angle just kind of floated back to his ankle and returned to the ankle lock. Yeah, do you think that was the plan all along? Or do you think they realized, like, this is... People don't know what's going on here. <laughs> Switch it up. <laughs> the rest, yeah, the ref here is something in the back, like, yeah, it changes. This well, is awkward. It wasn't a submission as much as putting him to sleep, I guess. Like, he's not going to tap out with this move. 
uh, the, yeah, I almost tapped it. Normally, I like UFC's the measuring <laughs> stick. If this doesn't resemble like anything they do in legit MMA, I am always very confused on what the hell it's supposed to be. I just think it a- was kind of like an upside down triangle almost, but not like as cinched in as a triangle would be. Yeah, it, it looked like it was doing nothing. Yeah. I, I, don't like, I, I thought at first he was going for like a sunset flip or something. Yeah, and Brock like, like, so strong yeah. grabbed him, but. Yeah, I don't like any submission where the guy is standing up. Where all he has to do is like throw himself back. Yeah, and or the just ma- drop down, down and then. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't like anything like that. But uh, they got out of it. Uh, you know, it was awkward for a little bit, but they went to the ankle lock and then casual, baggy shirted, <laughs> untucked Vince. Yeah, what is this? What is this shirt he has on here? <laughs> it's like uh, three sizes too like big. Summer wear. Yes. Summer slam. Yes. It's casual. He just came from uh, Boca. <laughs> Shane didn't raid the closet and sell all of his, uh, Vince's uh, casual wear to uh, a vintage store. <laughs> it's got moths. He would have, but he couldn't get to, couldn't get to the boxes. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, Vince comes in and nails Kurt Angle with a chair, and then uh, Brock delivers a devastating F5 after that. Yeah, Jesus, it was awesome. It was like a brain buster F5 almost. It was so awesome. And then I wonder why Kurt Angle had neck problems. <laughs> Angle did kick out from that at the last second. And then there's another F5 attempt. Angle gets out of it and goes back to the ankle lock. Lesnar goes to all four sides trying to grab the ropes. Vince is going bananas on the floor. <laughs> Running to each side of the <laughs> <Yes>. ring. <laughs> Vince is going nuts, but uh, Lesnar has nowhere to go. He taps out. Angle remains the WWE champion. Vince McMahon comes back in with the chair. And <laughs> you got to go see this, folks, on the network. Angle ducks, and Vince, like, can't pivot and just kind of collapses where he is. Like, I thought maybe he's like, like a turtle on his back. I thought maybe he blew out a quad or two again. <laughs> you never well, know. Yeah, he couldn't get up. He kept, like, tripping over himself, trying to get back up. Oh, Vince. And then he like, what do you think? Angle slang him, slam, slam. I can't talk. Yeah, <laughs> Angle set up a chair and then uh, give me Angle slam onto that chair. Set Devastating up. bump for the millionaire owner of the company. On his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how'd you know it was his birthday, Tarzan? Happy birthday, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> it never got brought up. I don't understand. JR must have brought that up 15 goddamn times. <laughs> Dave Meltzer gave it four and a quarter stars. What say you, Matthew? Is that out of five? Yeah. Okay. Um, before I do the negatives, this was a great match. Best match of the night, hands down. Two great wrestlers, great match. I have no complaints about the actual match. Great. The fucking Vince McMahon being involved is, again, just stupid, pointless, dumb goddamn booking that made no sense, didn't need to do it, and to add to the match at all. Do either of you think that added anything to the match? A uh, little drama and intrigue. Really? I think it was all that one false finish. Yeah. Let's That's give you it. the backstory. Kurt Angle got beat by Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and he got a neck injury. While the surgery happened, him and Brock became good friends. He comes back, wins the title. Brock wants to get a title shot. All good. Suddenly, for some goddamn reason, uh, Vince McMahon comes out and says, Brock Lesnar's not going to get the title shot. I guess the sheriff, Steve Austin, and Eric Bischoff were nowhere to be found, so... The, how many people they have made? It's a different show. How many uh, <laughs> Brand split. So instead, Brock, for some bizarre reason, challenges Vince McMahon to a match, which he accepts. Brock, get, where Kurt Angle's the guest in a, referee. In a cage. In a, in a cage, cage. And Kurt Angle's going to be the guest ref. So Brock supposedly got attacked before the match. 
but we didn't see it, right? That's what Something happened. like that. And yeah, Brock was already down the ground. They thought he had a concussion, but he was going to compete anyway, destroying Vince McMahon like he would. But then, oh, he, the con- he does the Shawn Michaels concussion thing where he like passes out during the match. And then Kurt Angle won't count it, right? Is well, Kurt, no, Kurt, yeah, Kurt Angle ends up putting Vince in the Oh, ankle yeah, because he won't count the pin yeah. first. And then he shoves him, so he puts him in the ankle lock. All of a sudden, Brock Lesnar comes to his feet. It was all just a ruse because for some bizarre reason, he just wants to fuck over Kurt Angle and attack him. So they went to this ridiculous length just to pull a ruse over Kurt Angle. It's a swerve, man. Swerve, bro. <laughs> Why? What does it accomplish? <laughs> was this the win- it was a great it was a great false finish in the match. <laughs> it, it, it really just to have one false finish in a match. Is this when Vince Russo is back for three weeks in WWE? <laughs> like, know. what was the goddamn point? Bro, bro. Why? Bro. <laughs> Why? And also, yes? Dean Ambrose made a guest appearance in this match. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> he did reference the lunatic fringe. Yes, they called him a lunatic fringe in this match. <laughs> That's crazy. That's just like so goddamn stupid. It's what I hate about wrestling. I hate these ruses that don't need to happen. They want to turn on Kurt Angle. Why don't they just beat the shit out of him? Why do they have to go this lengths to fool him, to trick him? Is it that Mr. Van just likes to play mind games? Is that what the deal is? Uh, you answer your own question there. I mean, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just in the mindset. Let these two guys just go do their thing. Like, like these two guys of this caliber, just let them do their match. Yeah, so let them have. Like let it's them. for a title. You don't need this whole backstory to have a championship match. But it's still a four and a quarter star match, Tarzan. <laughs> it is a great match. <laughs> but that just so not necessary. To, it was just stupid. The overbooking of it. It was just overbooked from being a five star. <laughs> the whole show is just overbooked with McMahons because we just can't imagine a show without those cocksuckers in every goddamn match. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Do we not? You know, she's a part of the government now. Well, that's right. Oh, she's. she's uh, the, yeah, you're gonna get our podcast shut right. down. <laughs> she's Trump something, right? Isn't she? So this is small business. The uh, head of small business. Head of small businesses. Yes. Go. So uh, next. The Fink was in the ring, and he says that he was just informed <laughs> that this match is now a no-holds-barred match. <laughs> and it was Kane. Yeah. It's no-holds-barred. <laughs> Versus Rob Van Dam, referee Chad Patton. Should, should add that Kane had just been unmasked recently. Yes. And uh, I just going to ask you guys. We were talking about Linda McMahon. Uh, yeah. Just you know, a minute She's ago, hot, hot. juicy, <laughs> Now, what was the worst move on Linda? Which of these moves was worse? The move Eric Bischoff made on Linda, <laughs> or the tombstone that he took from Kane? <laughs> that wasn't. We have to clarify. That was. Uh, they were showing us what happened yes. leading up to them. Oh, hey, yes. another poll question for the uh, for the for the audience out there. <laughs> well, are you more mad at the person who fucked your mom? <laughs> Or Tombstone her. <laughs> Let us know. Hashtag WBAN. <laughs> she, yeah. You came Tombstone pile drive Linda McMahon on the entrance she way. She should be dead. Why? Yeah. At the least in a neck brace. Nothing. Nope. She's okay a few weeks later. Because Kane was under house arrest, but he could still... Still work. Work. So the hey, cops brought him... He's going to put food on the table. <laughs> The cops brought <laughs> for who? Where, where does he live? Is he, he have, Kane has a house. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> he has that nice two tone haircut, and he has that stinking breath of his. Which I don't know what was going on. Was oh, I understand because Jr. was set on fire. We saw in a video. Jr. was set on fire 
by Kane. Oh, so he got close to Kane and was able to tell his personal hygiene. <laughs> yes, but the entire yeah, he called Kane a hideous, smelly monster <laughs> and talked very Hot, often. Stinky breath. Yes, he talked very often about that. And don't forget. Shane McMahon was involved in that as well because he got into the whole thing with Kane as well. Why not? Why not? He had to defend his mom. (laughs) So this match was no holds barred. So, of course, they're on the floor again almost immediately. Stairs are involved. Ladders are involved for inexplicable reasons. Uh, At this point, Malonis made one of his, uh, you know, 10-minute, you know, breaks onto his phone. (laughs) Can you blame me in this match? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you were watching on that thing. But uh, it's probably better than this. RVD did hit some trademark spots um, on the outside. Went for the Van Terminator, which is the corner-to-corner dropkick with a chair. And he did move. Kane did could, move. It was hard to tell. It was hard like, to tell. On the, on the first shot Yeah, of you it. couldn't really see it. And Jim Ross called it like uh, he, hit, he hit Kane. But as it turns out, he did not hit Kane. And RVD went down. And then Kane gave RVD the tombstone on the steps, rolled him into the ring, pinned him. Your winner of this match is Kane. And, of course, we go backstage, speaking of Kane and Linda McMahon, to Bischoff getting medical attention after his match earlier. (laughs) And Linda McMahon comes in and slaps the ice pack out of his hand (laughs) right against his face. And uh, Linda McMahon, of course, as you mentioned, no no neck brace, no nope, nothing. Nothing. She looks all right. She's doing fine after that tombstone. <laughs> it's like nothing ever happened. And uh, she got the last word, as a McMahon tends to do in this company, <laughs> on Eric Bischoff. She didn't get the last word on Kane, though. <laughs> not yet. Not that yet. That match <laughs> was pretty bad. I, Kane versus yeah, uh, It was RVD. just fucking typical hardcore match of yeah, like, this era. need like, to be. Just, you have an elimination chamber match. You have an earlier no-holds-barred match. Why did this match? Yeah, there's already been chairs. Yeah, and chair. Like, why did this one need to be a hold-barred as well? Chairs, flags, cameras. But the thing is, then the finish was a tombstone pile driver on the steel steps, which I thought for sure RVD was going to kick up. Nope, not this time. No, that was... Uh, but match was bad. Bad match. <laughs> Thankfully, was, was there a ladder? Didn't they bring in a ladder but didn't do anything with it? Yeah, he hit him. He hit him with it a couple times, and that was the that was the deal. Yeah, you think with RVD with a ladder, they do like a you know the frog splash off the ladder or something off the ladder, but nah, nah, just <laughs> nope. They're good. And Kane won. Save that from Mania. And Kane, that's the only match where like somebody didn't get their heat back or you know had to get one up on them even more after the match. <laughs> well, we'll uh, get to that here in our main event. <laughs> The Elimination Chamber match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Satan's structure. Yes, it is Satan's structure. <laughs> and uh, Randy Orton was out first with Matt's favorite music ever. Did Evolution, baby. Your favorite faction of all time? All time. My favorite faction. The greatest faction <laughs> in wrestling history, Evolution. We did a whole podcast about this on uh, BDA Radio. Go check that out on the WPAN feed. It didn't come up. Evolution, besides saying that it was your favorite faction. Well, I mean, didn't yeah. come up on our lists, to, um, Brian. It was just the two of you, right? Yes. I'm sure if you had a panel of guests, Evolution would have overwhelmingly won. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure. Uh, Kevin Nash in this match came out with short gray hair. With the worst Knock knockoff off. diesel music <laughs> I've ever heard. Singlet? <laughs> Big Daddy. Big Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the, they own the diesel music. Why is there a ripoff Kevin Nash? And why is it just music? Big Daddy? No, yeah, why not yes. Big Daddy cool? <laughs> you just have a kid? I don't know. You never know. Triple H was out next with weird biker shorts. <laughs> Compression shorts, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, as, uh, as I found out when doing my research, 
Uh, I did do research. Research, yes, indeed. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> research, and yes, he had a groin tear of some sort. And they said it happened in a match with Goldberg, is that? What yes, you and there was uh, a special sort of compression gimmick gear uh, that he was wearing. But don't he was, forget, um, earlier in the night, a segment with, like, it seemed like they had to convince Randy Orton that the match was all about maintaining Triple H's championship yes like that you know there was no question he's the champ even when randy orton brought what if they made it clear to him there is no what if triple h walks out the championship and he did you need to remember that because it comes into play <laughs> <laughs> later on anyway, i didn't mean to cut you off go ahead then next goldberg out to the ring which uh, his music was playing the wwf version of his music with and you were singing along tarzan with uh saying piece of shit <laughs> Fuck this guy. <laughs> I don't understand. Why? Why? Fuck Gold- I hate that. Mo- I hate Goldberg. I hate him. Sucks. Did you watch him when he was back this past year? Uh, I did. I did watch. Uh, he did very well. Yeah, it was. I wasn't pleased with it for what he did, but I think it was a good angle, good thing to do with him. Uh, okay. His promo he did, I thought, had some sincerity that's lacking in a lot of today's promos. Didn't seem scripted. Right. Doesn't change the fact I am not a fan of Bill Goldberg. And don't forget, Malone has pointed out, piped in uh, Goldberg chant. Yeah, uh, it was it was definitely like obviously piped in here. We had to like take him was... off his phone to let us know. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to you guys. <laughs> he's tweeting right now. He's he's tweeting those polls. I'm not tweeting. Polls I, I, I forgot to do something banking, and I he's keeping up with all the people that are answering our, our poll questions. He's gonna make sure to get that banking done on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's while I remember to do it. <laughs> Ass wipes. <laughs> All right. Chris Jericho was out next, and Kingpin commented, hey, he's got a good physique. It's <laughs> great shape. <laughs> really good shape. And then uh, finally, Shawn Michaels was out, uh, accompanied to the ring by Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Your referee for this match. Not Earl Jesus. Hep- God. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. Um, now, don't get me wrong. In good shape. But Shawn Michaels, hands down, was in the worst shape of anybody in this match. Now, that's not to say Shawn Michaels' bad shape is still better than most normal human beings' best shape. But of the six competitors, I'd say he was in the worst shape of anybody. Yeah, in this match, yeah. So the entire um, basis of doing SummerSlam 2003, Brian, was your claim to me that this was the HPK Cucka Brown match. Well, because it was Shawn Michaels uh, (laughs) in Elimination Elimination Chamber, Chamber, and I I got it confused. So we did this whole thing under a false pretense. (laughs) You didn't know either. (laughs) Eat shit. (laughs) Eat eat caca. Eat shit. Eat my shit. Years later, Crockett still doesn't know anything about the product. (laughs) Turns out Crockett hasn't watched wrestling since like 1994. (laughs) So HPK did not have Kaka Brown. Uh, was did you bring up who was in Triple H's corner? Oh, uh, Ric Flair. Okay, I don't think he came out with him, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you brought yeah, Ric Flair that. stole the show a little he, bit. He yeah. ended up there, but Shawn Michaels was accompanied by God, so I figured you need to bring okay, up that I, Triple H was. Uh, you're a little off your game as far he's as he's accompanied by a wrestling god, right? <laughs> a little Ric Flair. Uh, no, JBL wasn't there. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, you're a little off your game as far as the uh, prep work for the show. I gotta say, uh, I'm doing my best is here. Is this Tarzan. normal, uh, Brian? Does he do this every week? 
Well, I mean, he's going to make himself sound incredible in post. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, So, of course, the last two in, Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho, end up starting the match. The other four go into their pods, and they'll be called out one by one every three minutes at random. I'd like to point out... uh, Michael Crockett was completely confused by while the heavyweight champion was entering third in this match. So. <laughs> I was, I was. It took me a minute. It took me a minute to get with the uh, program. But uh, Chris Jericho, Shawn Michaels start the match, go tit for tat back and forth for three minutes, and then Randy Orton is the second one in the match, and he is a house of fire until he is backdropped over the top rope onto Those the steel drop drain. kicks. Drop kicks, huh? amazing. Is drop kick onto it? No, 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 no. no, no. no. Just it's... the drop kicks he was throwing. Oh, okay. They're amazing. Jumping through the roof. I know. Very Jim Brunzel like. So. And uh, you guys really commented that you weren't enjoying the fast count by Earl Hebner. Yeah, like, uh, I don't understand what the deal was. So fast, like ridiculously fast. Now you know why Brian Fury hates the Hebners so he much. Hates all he-, he hates all Hebners? I don't know if he hates the sun, but he definitely hates uh, <laughs> Dave Hebner. Why is he Dave Hebner? <laughs> I don't know. I think he sucks. He's like so he, he still got, hasn't gotten over that screw job of Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Where they get the money for the plastic surgery? Oh, wait, he was the Montreal screw job as well, wasn't he? Uh, that was Earl. Oh, that was Earl. Well, he was yeah. he was uh, in the getaway car, I think. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the fourth person of the match was Kevin Nash, who came in and did his thing, you know, knocking people around, throwing Orton into the chain. Uh, Orton really didn't seem to want to go into the chain, but uh, they <laughs> no, really had no not. choice. Didn't want to mess up that pretty face. No, and then Y2J got the snake eyes into the chain, and then it was down to HPK and Kevin Nash, and uh, they tussled around for a little bit and then at one point Kevin Nash goes for a jackknife on one of the other guys and HBK super kicks Kevin Nash and Kevin Nash is eliminated from the match early on thanks for coming thanks for coming big daddy or big daddy I was gonna say big daddy cool <laughs> but thanks for coming big daddy hey you got through without getting hurt <laughs> thank goodness so Triple H was out next he oh, was we're, not, the, we're not gonna talk about Kevin Nash getting his heat back <laughs> come on well we'll get into that Triple H comes in first oh, he's oh. right he's right Triple H is announced as the next member in the match he the pod opens and he is super kicked immediately by Shawn Michaels then Kingpin Kevin Nash destroys everyone gets that heat back on the way out <laughs> because you need to get your heat back in 2003 WWE <laughs> I once went to a uh I wasn't booked on a show. I was just doing a wedding cake tasting coming back from Boston. I went to a, a wrestling show that a few of our friends were on and stopped by it just to, to watch. And uh, there was a match and uh, uh, there was a spot that happened where somebody got their heat back. And uh, Warbeard Hansen stood on the second rope, yelled to me, said, hey, Malonis. He's getting his heat back. <laughs> How many people were at this show? Ah, there was, I don't know. A few hundred, probably. <laughs> you got to let people know sometimes. or let you in on it. This was like a getting your heat back when you got to lose. Like Kurt Angle not only won the match, he had to also get his heat back on Vince McMahon, even though he had won. They, they beat Eric Bischoff, had to get their heat back on that match. They didn't get their heat back to Dudley's, really, for getting losing to Lyle Reese. Well, he did get to call, uh, you know, Coach... An anti-American sympathizer. He cut that great promo. And he sucks. <laughs> he did cut the great promo, <laughs> Brian. You're doing very well over there. It's good. Uh, okay, so after that uh, melee with Nash laying everyone out, y, uh, Y2J and Shawn Michaels were both bleeding at this point. And Kingpin, I hate to say it, you were fading out during this match. A little bit. A little yeah, bit. Yeah, you were... Uh, a little tired. Yeah, it's been a long day. Huh? I had a late night. You know, you fuckers don't take bookings. So I... <laughs> 
Some of us go out there and actually participate in the wrestling business. <laughs> so at this point in the match, there were a couple of attempted pins that were broken up by putting a foot on the rope. And this caused a little bit of a debate. <laughs> uh, it's difficult. There's no disqualification. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, but there's, it's not a false cut anywhere match. So, yeah, I guess you do a rope break, right? What do you uh, think, Tarzan? I, well, I mean, you're the referee. I'm not trying to see what you think. <laughs> if you don't know, Jesus. Uh, well, I would think it would, you would stop the count because you have to pin them like any other match. So right. a rope break would stop it. So. Right. I'm um, not to tell you your job, but no, uh, that's yeah, that's, that's kind of what I I would have. Maybe that's conclusion it's I came to as well. For your, uh, there you go, another poll. <laughs> that's conclusion that I came to as well. <laughs> poll poll question: Would you rather have your pin broken up in a no holds bar match with a foot on the rope, or have your opponent fuck your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag WPN with your answer. <laughs> well, finally, finally, the final participant Goldberg enters the match. He, as always, goes wild. There's a, uh, a huge press slam into a spine buster Which on Randy Orton. was awesome. And then a spear on Randy Orton, and Orton was summarily eliminated at that point. Wait, how, how did they pay off the evolution angle? <laughs> Thank you. That's my goddamn point. Now, Randy Orton has been eliminated. There was no interaction with him and Triple H in the entire match. Not even a moment with like a look at each other like... Maybe they won't work together. So you wasted another goddamn segment for... no. I mean, was the show short and they had to fill it in? Is that what the hell was going on? Why were all these segments related to nothing? Uh, (laughs) Really, because, I mean, we watched that pay-per-view. It was well under three hours. It was like good, solid 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes under three hours. And Lord knows that's not the case with even like the fucking... Not nowadays. The secondary pay-per-views these days. Those all have runovers now. Yeah. Well, the thing about Evolution, Tarzan. They are a mystery. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I stole my spot. Bautista, uh, too. I assume he was hurt. I, I, yeah, I assume, so as, I assume so as well. Yeah, um, by the way, the Goldberg, the crowd was legit, actually. Unlike the piped-in Goldberg chant, the crowd was actually pretty solidly behind him when he made his entrance into the elimination. And, I mean, they gave him plenty of reason to cheer because Goldberg just went nuts <laughs> this entire time. He he speared Y2J through the bulletproof glass. Well, not immediately through the bulletproof glass, but <laughs> he speared him into the glass. It didn't break, and then he just kind of pushed until it broke. So it was a little slight delay there. How but do you the, get over in pro wrestling? Don't sell, don't lose. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you did that for years. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> so then uh, Goldberg... Ducked the sweet chin music and hit a spear on Shawn Michaels and then the jackhammer and HBK was pinned and eliminated by Goldberg. And by the way, Shawn Michaels went up like a sack of shit on that uh, <laughs> that jackhammer. Yes, he did. Yeah. Like, like oh, it looks like he like almost did it intentionally because Shawn Michaels like, is a guy who like bumps his ass off. Yeah, usually. he was at one of his lighter moments. He was yeah. pretty lean for him. I thought it was so. weird. I thought, yeah. I thought it was definitely weird. So then from there, it was Goldberg, Jericho, and Triple H left. And of course, Triple H was holed up in his pod. Uh, he had taken that uh, super well, kick and remained there. super kick in history, apparently, because <laughs> he sold it for 10 straight minutes. Uh, they, I'll tell you what, though. They put Shawn Michaels' super kick over in this match like gangbusters because it beat Kevin Nash, just one, yeah. and then... And then Triple H was down for 45 minutes after taking one. So Yeah, that was the the false where he was gonna hit Goldberg with it and Goldberg ducked and then hit him with the yeah. with the spear. So 
it was a spear and jackhammer on Jericho, eliminating Jericho. So then it was just Triple H and Goldberg remaining. And Flair was on the outside of the ring. <laughs> stole, holding, the sh- stole the show here. Holding the pod door closed. <laughs> so Goldberg could not get to Triple H. <laughs> laying, laying on the guardrail, holding it with his feet and yes. flipping off Goldberg. Yeah, middle fingers all over the place. Yeah, he flips off Goldberg. They they blur uh, it. Yeah, they blur it, and then Triple H flips off Goldberg, and it's no blur. <laughs> and Goldberg flips him off yeah, in return. Yeah, off in return. <laughs> yes. So then Goldberg decides. Here's to you. <laughs> Goldberg kicks and punches the glass in to get to Triple H. It's bulletproof, but not Goldberg proof. That's certainly not. Um, so I mean, you hear all this talk about how Goldberg was a failure the first time in WWF. Just for this one night, this snapshot. They did all they could to get this guy over to set him up for Triple H to beat him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they gave him like you know what three eliminations here in this match. But he, I mean, he looked like a million dollars up until the finish. <laughs> but uh, Goldberg sets up for the spear. This is the finish. Goldberg sets up for the spear, but uh, Ric Flair pushes the sledgehammer into the ring. Triple H gets it. And as the spear is coming towards him, he hits him in the side of the head with the sledgehammer. Then he covers Goldberg. One, two, three. Triple H remains the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And not only does he win, but he gets his heat back. They get their heat back. <laughs> and what do you know? The show ends with someone else in the McMahon family being celebrated. <laughs> it's 14 years later and we still have to see those assholes all over television all the time all well not linda but the other four of them triple h stephanie vince and shane mcmahon it's 14 years ago My, mike wouldn't know he doesn't watch the product anymore <laughs> and well, i was gonna still- say i think shane's the only one on tv right now triple h isn't on television you're gonna tell me no not right now no oh, okay well last time i watched he was all over it well, it's not leading up to one of the big shows. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince McMahon's not forcing him to take the biggest payday of the year. You know, so he's off television. Told by the yeah, Playboy. The Playboy and every other idiot Indian independent mark I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my goodness. So Evolution, as we mentioned, uh, minus Batista attacks Goldberg, bloodies him up. He's uh, Crimson Mask again. Triple Great H color. is bleeding as well. Uh, hits him with a sledgehammer numerous times. Handcuffs him to the structure, to Satan's structure, if you will. With the twelve miles, of there was road. lots of blood in this paper. Yes, two miles of chain. Uh, yes, yeah, two, two miles. miles. <laughs> two miles. You, you knew that. Yeah, I you didn't have to ask me about that. <laughs> this is like the 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 complete opposite of where we are now. There's no blood where no sometimes game. it would fit. This is too much blood. It, when six guys bleed in one yeah. night, it's yes. The hell's so, the point? <laughs> so coming out of this uh, this event, SummerSlam in two thousand three. Two things. Lots of juice and lots of juice. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So overall thoughts on SummerSlam 2003, Matt, Tarzan, Taylor, Spectrum. Well, the first thing that stood out to me is the difference between now and then. I mean, like you just said, color all over the place. If there's color now, it's completely by accident. They do everything they can to stop it. A lot of vulgar hand gestures, which... I don't think you could say. Can you even say like I'm going to kick your ass? And you can't say ass. I think when they brought the rock back, they had to. They relented on the ass. So ass is <laughs> yes. used now. Uh, you know, a lot of highly sexualized. A lot of a couple of innuendos from the king, which is no surprise. Which I don't think would happen now. Mm-hmm. I don't want to condemn the product at that time, but the quality of this show was pretty goddamn awful. Overbooked. Too much of the McMahons, too many non-wrestlers, too many convoluted stupid things that didn't add to anything. And bottom line, there are not very many good matches. Like Lesnar and 
Kurt Angle was a great match. I just other than the Goldberg spot, I don't think the Elimination Chamber match was anything to no write home about it. it was it's like, just the ending. The ending was so flat. And I think I think Triple H was obviously very limited in this match. Yeah, because like the spot with Goldberg was great. It was awesome, but like the rest of the match, I don't think anything really stood out as being all that special. It was yeah, it was very sudden the finish to the to the main event, and everyone expected I think a kick out there, but it just wasn't happening. Sledgehammer is automatic death. When it comes to the WWE. And no title changes all night, if I'm not, you know, because everybody retained. I think so, yeah. I don't think there's really any angle, that big angle that was paid off. I guess Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar. So, overall, pretty goddamn dismal show, which the roster they had at that point, there's no excuse. I mean, well, the roster was. It was ridiculous. Fantastic. Compared to, like, what came in the later halves of the 2000 before, like, now, like, where they had a bunch of people you never heard. Of. I mean, they had Matt Hardy, they had Bill Goldberg, they had Triple H, they had it's like the Elimination Chris Chamber, Jericho, the Shawn the Michaels, yeah, Kevin yeah. Nash, Brock Lesnar. I don't know if I said him already. Like, how yeah. many how many Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers uh, in that Elimination Chamber match alone? Yeah, um, it was pretty. Yeah, yeah, I think that's bad. over overbooked. Really overbooked, overbooked is the is the operative uh, word here. And just like like as always, um, I might be the only person that thinks this, but too many goddamn McMahons. They're freaking. Got to stop with that shit. It's like, it's been going on now. I mean, when did the Attitude Era start? 96? 97? It's been on 20 goddamn years where you you can't watch wrestling be submitted to angle after angle after angle on that fucking family. Like, I know it's their goddamn company, but Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're hoping for a lot better out of SummerSlam 2017 Next Sunday, Brian Malonis. And uh, what do you two think? You didn't give any opinion on the pay review. What's your take on it? I thought, yeah, you want it was, to put me on the spot. Let's uh, hear your thoughts. <laughs> There's a lot of garbage going on, but there and there were some good matches. But as you guys mentioned, just uh, a lot of garbage sprinkled in that took away rather than added. Yeah, sometimes to the let, show. The, let the wrestling speak for itself. Let the, the performers speak for themselves. Don't don't overbook it. It's too much. Just too much to take away from it. There was too much to. To remember, like if you're coming out of that, what are you supposed to? What are the things you're supposed to remember? Holy shit, it's hard to keep straight. Yeah, and then think about you know how we always talk about what you know what's going to happen the next night on Raw. Other than the Goldberg thing at the end, like there's nothing that's going to lead into anything, in my opinion. Well, I guess maybe the Law Resistance, the Dudleys can continue their god their program, I guess. And we'll find out more about uh, the Nimic Man's love life. Uh, yes. Hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> she seems to she never denied or confirmed whether or not she did sleep with Eric Bischoff. She could have just been mad that he yeah, told that everybody. He told, you know, yeah. he, you know, she thought a gentleman never tells, so she's slapping him for the fact that she actually, he actually he said told, that, Yeah. Well, one hmm. thing we learned in this uh, this pay-per-view, Lynn McMahon's a hot, <laughs> juicy, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for SummerSlam 2003. As I mentioned, SummerSlam 2017, we're hoping for bigger and better things. If, uh, a lot less McMahon. I certainly <laughs> goddamn hope so. So Tarzan Taylor, Matt Spectra, whatever your name is, we uh, really appreciate having you here once again on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, and uh, we look forward to, I don't know, maybe getting together in a few weeks and uh, uh, celebrating <laughs> various uh, accomplishments and things <laughs> in life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Good times. Good luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> for coming. For, for having me. <laughs> there go. From the final, Tarzan hates wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You guys getting rid of me? Or? All right. Thank you very much, uh, guys. Thanks, gents.
Yes, as Tarzan gets up and uh, walks out the door, we want your feedback. Every week we do something called Merv Griffin Time, a talkback segment where we interact with you, the listener. So tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode, your thoughts on our discussion, your thoughts on SummerSlam 2003. What did you think? Was it a dud? Was it a stud? Anything in between? Let us know. <laughs> there are uh, lots of ups and downs on SummerSlam 2003. Let us know what you think. Use the hashtag WPAN. We'll mention you and your tweets later this week because, yes, every Thursday it's an all-new, all-different episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDA Radio. You can vote at the WPAN on Twitter Monday nights to decide what we discuss on the show, and you never know what else we'll come up with, so be sure to seek it out each and every week. Also, download past episodes of this very podcast as they come off the NAI Wrestling Network feed. They get added over there, so it's all at the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing feed on your favorite podcast platform, or find it all at BDARadio.com. But that's the other show. A way you can interact with us right here on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network every week is through our voicemail line. So we want to hear from you. Get your voicemails in. We will play them on the podcast. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Let us know what's going on in your world. What's going on in wrestling? Bury us. Give us a funny voice. Do anything. We would really appreciate your contributions on this very podcast. So call 401-584-9726. 401-584-WPAN. P-A-N. Okay, Kingpin. I guess it's time for some promo about nothing. Sure. But before we get into that, let's talk about our sponsor. People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? What does the BDA stand for? Bullet Club dominates all? That's close enough, right? Um, sure. <laughs> I mean, finally, Kenny Omega wins the big one. Spoiler. S- spoiler alert if you haven't seen the... Uh... I hadn't seen it yet. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Brian, I can let you know it's probably going to be a seven-star match with uh, Okada that he had at oh, the yeah. G1 Finals because <laughs> they keep going up and everyone's saying that this was the best of the three. Uh, you know what that means, right? Well, I don't know because I haven't seen the match either, Kingpin. Um, but, <laughs> but BDA Radio means the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Too sweet me at BDARadio.com. Yeah, I had somebody ask me uh, on Twitter. I think it was last Monday I did like a little live Q&A. Yes. And somebody asked me when, if I was ever going to appear on an episode of Being the Elite. And I said, yeah, when I joined the Bullet Club. Oh, so so you're, you're you're declaring right here your eligibility for Bullet Club membership? Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Right? Or in NWO or DX or the Union or <laughs> <laughs> we are the Union. Um, I'm open for business. So would you be a member of the Bullet Club or would you be like the cannon fodder, like Flip Gordon? <laughs> on being on being the elite. Well, that's what I said. I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be Flip Gordon on being okay. the elite. I would only be on being the elite if I if I was in the Bullet Club. Okay, so we'll, we'll put the word out. We'll send the. Uh, you kidding the, me? You would love if I was in the Bullet Club. Think of the of ratings course. on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send out the uh, bullet signal, and hopefully they'll answer and make the kingpin a part of the whole uh, the whole shebang over there. But uh, Brian, let's get right to it. The promo about nothing. The year nineteen ninety. And we are back 
in World Championship Wrestling, my friend. And uh, this gentleman we've talked about before. I don't think we've had a promo about nothing with him, but we've uh, talked about this gentleman in maybe not so glowing terms on this podcast before. Um, Mike Mills? Mike Mills was in <laughs> World Championship Wrestling in 1990? I'm sure if there was uh, footage of him uh, cutting a promo, he'd probably be eligible. But uh, <laughs> Wow. That's at Croc Sox. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Brian, this gentleman, he was born Mike Shaw, and he had many names in wrestling. But in WCW, he was Norman the Lunatic. Let's take a listen to this week's promo about nothing. I'm here with Norman the Lunatic. And Norman, you have a match coming up with Cactus Jack Manson. And I wish you luck. Oh, thank you very much, Missy. You, you know something, Missy? You look, a, you look a lot like my sister. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. She, she's a lot bigger than you, though. <laughs> well, I'm sure she's pretty. Well, she's kind of pretty. You know, if she was here, I bet she'd give me a nice hug for good luck. You, you want to give me a hug? Okay. Oh. I hope that brings you some luck, Norman. <laughs> hey, you know, I bet, I bet if you give me a kiss, I'd have all kinds of luck. Okay. <laughs> you know what? One more, I'd have real good luck if you give me one more of those kisses over here. Uh, well, I think the bell's ringing, and let's go to the ring right now. I think I was just saved by the bell. <laughs> Brian, you look just like my sister. <laughs> I bet I'd have real good luck if you touched my pickle. <laughs> Norman has game. He's, he's, he's got something going on. I don't know if it's game, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. Did he have enough accoutrements with him? He has various stuffed animals toys. and various gimmicks. He had a propeller in his head. Yeah, I, I don't quite get the gimmick because he's a lunatic, but why does he have all the toys? Like, I don't, I don't quite... Uh, well, I think he's a mental patient well I, I gather that but like the norman the lunatic I, I i i'm thinking like crazy vicious heel of some sort not fat guy carrying around fat jolly fella yeah, car- yeah. carrying around uh simple-minded yeah he's a simple-minded uh i don't know if is it that maybe you know, get him riled up and he's a he's a lunatic but yeah maybe he'd be like norman the extraordinary human being or whatever <laughs> <laughs> whatever, whatever gary is from uh <laughs> from the Howard Stern show these days. <laughs> Norman the special guy. Yeah, that uh he was Norman the Lunatic. They well she just called him Norman, Missy Hyatt. No, she said Norman the Lunatic. The graphics said Norman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um oh yeah, I, yeah, is it like Psycho said you're not really supposed to call him Psycho said to his face, but I, I remember I did watch the match that it was after this. If you go to the link in the uh description of this episode, you can watch the video that has the full match. Actually it's from Wrestle War ninety Cactus Jack Manson versus Norman the Lunatic. He is just announced as Norman by Gary Michael Capetta. Ladies and gentlemen, Norman. <laughs> but uh, they don't. He doesn't. He call him the Lunatic. I guess he's a little more respectful than Missy Hyatt, who just calls him a friggin' maniac <laughs> to his face. Does he do the uh, the the Bastion Booger finish? He did, yes. That was actually the finish of the match. Just sit on your face. Because, yes, uh, Norman did go on to be Bash and Booger in the WWF. He had a great run of brutal gimmicks in his career. <laughs> At one point, he was uh, Middle Eastern. I don't know if you know that. In, I did not know in that. In Stampede Wrestling, it was called Muck and Sing. And he was uh, he was Middle Eastern. Like the Singh brothers, the same last name. Muck oh, okay. and Sing. Yeah, All right. So, <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. And um, 
apparently the people of Calgary don't get out very much to see uh, what diff- people of different ethnicities actually look like. <laughs> but yeah, Norman the Lunatic, um, not a great promo. Um, Missy Hyatt still looked pretty uh, fantastic. Pretty 80s. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she, had, she definitely had the big hair, but uh, a lovely lass, a lovely lass. Yes, I'd yes. take a kiss from from Izzy Hyatt. Well, I'd, I'd pure all my face afterwards. Oh, <laughs> come on! Have you read her book? Yes, <laughs> she uh, was very charitable to many to many people <laughs> in the wrestling Mike business. Shaw? Do you think Norman? <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing not. I'm guessing he wasn't on the list, but. <laughs> Missy Hyatt, Norman the Lunatic. It all wraps up to a great promo about nothing this week. You heard it right here. You're going to give me a kiss for luck, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) Come here. Uh, If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode on the NAI Wrestling Network. Kingpin, you're hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler. And it's time for those dates. Yes, Mike. This Friday night, I'm heading to Hanover, Massachusetts, the Starlin Sports Fun Center for Chaotic Wrestling. I'll be teaming with the Logan Brothers to take on Chaotic Wrestling Heavyweight Champion Ilya the Great, Warbeard Hansen, and the one Mr. Ass Rockabilly himself, Billy Gunn. My goodness. I got two words for them, Mike. What's that? Suck it! Wow. And I think maybe the most surprising thing about this whole thing is you're teaming up with the Logans. Yes. After the blood feud of, for years and years and years. It's like Hogan teaming with Bobby Heenan. Yeah, there might there might be a video coming out this week that you might see. So. Uh-huh. Keep yeah. your eye out for keep that. Keep your eyes peeled for that, how At that came Brian about. <laughs> no, no, no. At Chaotic Wrestling okay. YouTube. Uh, and then, Mike, next Wednesday night, I'm heading to Malden, Massachusetts, UFO Wrestling. I'll be defending the UFO Wrestling Championship of the Universe wow. against the Dirty Daddy, Chris Dickinson, Robbie E. from Impact or GFW or whatever it is these days. We'll also be there in attendance. Check out uh, UFO Wrestling on all social media platforms. And it's going to be out of this world. I'm sure it will be. (laughs) And then August the 26th, Mike, I'm heading to Salisbury, Massachusetts. The Boys and Girls Club Atlantic Pro Wrestling returns. Check out Atlantic Pro Wrestling on all social media platforms for ticket and event information. And that is all you got for this uh, That's it for the rest of the month, buddy. All right, so make sure you book the kingpin up into the fall at Brian Malonis on Twitter. Just DM him, or the email is brianmalonis at comcast.net. So depressing that you said into the fall already. <laughs> All right, uh, and speaking of depressing, Book of the Territory, Pro Wrestling Podcast. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding there, Mike Mills. I love uh, you. Are we going to start making a feud list for you? Because I think, I think the Mills-Crockett feud has has, has, it has legs? exceeded the uh, Malonis Mills feud at this point. Well, I know I haven't listened to uh, his interview with Brian Fury yet. I'm not sure. Are you are you Denim Fritz on? uh, I'm not Denim Fritz 605. No, I'm not. (laughs) But uh, I have to check out this interview with Brian Fury this week. Uh, Actually, last Thursday, I'm booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. I want to know if my name has been uh, slung through the mud. We'll have to check that out, and you can check that out on Booking the Territory. It was last Thursday. They do two podcasts a week: Sunday, the Smoky Mountain Show; Thursday, their flagship show, and it's all at Mike Mills podbean.com or anywhere podcasts are available check in the boots wrestling podcast with referee tony s with chip kctb that is their twitter handles and you can listen to them each and every sunday or anytime you want to just uh subscribe to them on your favorite podcast app 
and the Rundown Wrestling Podcast. Finally, with Jason taking over the helm from Adam. They do their show every Wednesday night live on YouTube. You can find them there, or you can subscribe to the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can get that delivered directly to you. And They also do the Rundown sit-downs. They have Nitro Mania. They have the Retro NXT recaps, all at the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. And of course, we hope you continue to listen to the NAI Wrestling Network all week long. Long, DC and Doc Talk, The Pipe Bomb with McCool and Company, Rant with Ant, Late Night Liam, Indie Pop, and uh, never mind. If you want to support our efforts, the best way to do so is buying our t-shirt. Pick up the Curtain Jerker WPAN t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash New Age Insiders. Thank you to the New Age Insiders for getting us in your store. It even looks good on you, Mike. Thanks. What does that mean? Visit Facebook.com slash the WPAN. You can hit that big blue shop now button. It will take you directly to our shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. And we are back in action this Thursday with the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDA Radio. Search WPAN on your favorite podcatcher or go to BDARadio.com for more. Then you can join us here next Monday for the WPAN on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network, episode 70. Till then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. Yeah.